The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Friday, the 22nd of January. I am Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and if I sound excited, that's because after two days solo, I am joined today by a special guest, one of the hoop ball legends. He is Stephen Vidovich. We'll get to him in a moment. Uh, before we do, remember, I am Mr. Jolly of Sydney on Twitter, and my partner, the other host of this show, is Scotty Harland. He is AKA The Harlander. That is Harland, H A R, and then Lander23 on Twitter. Please add us and give us a follow over there. We love to have your support. Uh, shout out to the big knobs from Hoopball, Aaron Bruski and Dan Bresmus from Fantasy NBA today. Get over and check out hoop-ball.com. Get involved in sport. One of the best things going in the fantasy NBA world. Uh, it is great stuff and so is the guest today. He is over on the west coast of the United States where it is about 10 past 10 on a Friday. It is Saturday afternoon here in Australia and we're in the virtual studio and I am absolutely pumped because today was a rocking day in the NBA, wasn't it, Stephen? Oh, absolutely. 11 games. I mean, uh, we're at the point of the season where we're having a lot of guys that uh, could be ads in your standard league uh, fantasy teams. So make sure to keep an eye on the wire. You got guys coming back from injuries. You guys, guys emerging in new situations. Uh, so just make sure to keep an eye on the wire. So lots and lots of stuff happening. Well, uh, before we get into some of those uh, those points you just hit, hit on, shout out to Clint Capello. Had a triple-double with 10 blocks. I think he had six blocks about two or three minutes into the second quarter as well. And so we'll get to some of these massive uh, massive lines as we go through. But let's hit some of those value things now. Some of the breakout guys that people could be looking for on the wire at the moment who are providing sticky value or in some cases very good value. Yeah, so you got a guy like Jeremy Lamb who's coming back off of a ACL injury. He's uh, had his second game back tonight. You got a guy like Jeff Green who's now in a situation in Brooklyn where they don't have as much depth as they had in, uh, prior to the trade. Um, you also have a guy like Kendrick Nunn who, who's emerged on the scene after not being a major part of the rotation early on in the season. Uh, you got a guy like Wayne Ellington out in Detroit who has hit 23 pointers over his last four games. Uh, so there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting speculative ads, interesting straight up ads, and you just got to make sure you don't take your foot off the pedal and continue to just rock it in your fantasy league. Yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Uncle Jeff Green. I've picked him up in a few places. On Yahoo, he has small forward, power forward, and center eligibility as well, which in this season with all the PPDs, if you're playing in two center leagues, I love the idea of having someone who qualifies in all three of those positions. Would you not agree? Oh, absolutely. Having the multi-eligible players are so key, uh, especially this season. Everything is more crucial than it is in seasons past. Absolutely. And also shout out uh, Delano Gallinari came back today. Kemba Walker, he would not have been on any waiver wires, but uh, unless you play in eight team leagues, but uh, he is looking very sprightly. Gallinari with the people missing in Atlanta should be good too. But without further ado, I reckon we just jump into game number one. We'll get to the ad reads when we get to them. Let's start off 
with uh, the Chicago Bulls up against the Charlotte Hornets. And the Bulls run out winners 123 to 110. They're an example of a team that looks a lot better this season than they have in previous seasons. They're interesting to watch on league pass because of the big scores. And they also are very interesting in terms of fantasy value for the uh, Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine had 25 points. He had six rebounds. He had nine assists. He had one steal and one block. He is just pumping along in his 36 minutes. Laurie or Lowry Markinen, uh, who missed a good chunk of the season. He's another example of a guy, uh, Stephen, who has missed a big part of the season, but coming back now, he had 23 points, two rebounds, uh, one block. He was 10 for 17 from the field and three for eight for deep. Is he on any of your teams? Uh, unfortunately, I did not get Markkinen uh, in a lot of uh, – actually, anywhere this season. So uh, a little disappointed about it, but uh, I actually did not end up with any bulls on any six of my fantasy teams, uh, surprisingly. Interesting. I mean, I think Markin's one of those guys, isn't he? When you, He's sort of like a LaMarcus Aldridge in a way where he's playing away from the basket, shooting a lot of three-pointers. He can be cold if he's not hitting those threes. He doesn't get you a crap ton of rebounds, only two tonight, and he doesn't get those defensive stats. So he can run very hot and cold. It'll be very interesting to see where he ends, ends up. Another interesting thing with the Bulls was Daniel Gafford starting for them. He had seven points, six rebounds, one steal, and two blocks. He gets those defensive categories in just 18 minutes. If he could just push up to 25 minutes, he'll be very interesting. Of course, though, that's probably not going to happen because of... Uh, uh, he was only getting this opportunity today due to Wendell Carter Jr. missing out. But he is one to watch in dynasty leagues. Kobe White had 18 points. He had eight assists. He had two steals. Uh, another decent line from him, although he was six for 15 from the field. Field goal percentage is, of course, not his strong point. Patrick Williams on the rookie watch was back. He had just four points, six rebounds, no steals, no blocks. He only played 16 minutes, though. Hopefully those uh, minutes will ramp back up for him. Now, speaking of sneaky value, Garrett Temple, he played 30 minutes, 15 points, five rebounds, one assist, three steals. Is he only worth adding in a 14 or 16 team league or does he have sneaky 12 team value? So, you know, I was I actually wrote uh, the pickups of the night for hoop ball for this Friday night. And I was looking at Garrett Temple over his first six or seven games. He was producing value outside of the top 300. Uh, but over the last five or six games, he is in the standard league radar. He, I think, is inside of the top 125. Uh, the five turnovers is a little disappointing. But the guy is hot right now. As long as he's seeing 30 minutes, you ride him while he's hot. Uh, I don't expect it to last for the entire season. But right now, it's working. Yeah, and speaking of working, Gordon Hayward is working. He is working overtime because <laughs> he had 34 points. He had six rebounds. He had four assists. He had two steals. He had two three-pointers. He was eight for 10 from the foul line, 12 for 20 from the field. Speaking of regrets, I've had a few, probably too many to mention, and Gordon Hayward not draft. I think I've got him in one league, and it's just a free roto league. I wish I had him in a cash league. Yeah, Gordon Hayward has been incredible this season. Uh, you remember when he got hurt uh, in the preseason and everybody was thinking that he was going to be out for a while and they were he got dropped down fantasy boards a little bit during draft season and then he was actually back, I believe, for opening night. How things change in fantasy circles. Yeah, holy it's crap. It's crazy. But he if is... you got Gordon Hayward, oh, man. 
He's 24th on a per game basis now, and he's only he's only missed, I think, a couple of games with injury. Obviously, we can end up with egg on our face by saying how great he is if he gets injured around the fantasy playoffs. So maybe you don't end up regretting it. But, uh, gee, he's been amazing. I remember we did a poll, actually, um, Scotty and I, where we asked people, where would you draft Gordon Haywood after he got that finger injury? And most people were saying not until pick 80 or beyond. So... He obviously fell a long way in a lot of drafts and um, good luck to people who took a bit of a risk on him. PJ Washington is another guy who has been very good of late anyway, not the whole season like uh, Gordo, but he's still been very good. 16 points, he had four rebounds, two assists, one block. He was seven for 14 from the field. Is he somebody maybe who gets a bit of a hit because Cody Zeller is back now. Maybe those center minutes are going to fall off. Biombo played 27 minutes. Zeller played 10 minutes. That's 37 minutes of the 48 they took up at center. So PJ not having as many center minutes, does that hurt him? Uh, it might slightly, but Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo aren't that big of an obstacle, uh, in my opinion. Cody Zeller... Played 11 minutes tonight in his first game back from the hand fracture. It might take him a little bit of time to um, get up to whatever his minutes will be uh, when he's full ramp up, which is probably going to be about what Biombo saw tonight. I'd say PJ Washington takes a, if I put a percent on it, I would say somewhere between a three to five percent hit, uh, mainly in the rebounding department. And and maybe in the blocks as well if he's not right in there at the on the at the rim as much. I mean, obviously it's a positional title. It doesn't necessarily change that much about how he plays, but he, he there may be a slight downtick in those um, defensive categories as well because of not being right around the rim. Uh, Devontae Graham had 24 points. He had three rebounds. He had six assists and one steals, nine for 18 from the field. When he shoots 50% from the field, uh, get yourself one of those lottery tickets that I like to mention sometimes because uh, that is pretty amazing <laughs> for someone whose field goal percentage is normally ranker than septic. Uh, Bismack Biombo, he's just had six points. He did have 10 rebounds and two assists, though. He only had three shots, and he's just a deep league guy. If you've got him in 12-team, maybe he's a streamer, and that is it. Do not hold him if something better. Like, for example, Jeff Green. If you've got Biombo and Jeff Green's on your wire, go and get Jeff Green instead. Miles Bridges just had two points. He's had a pretty disappointing season. LaMelo Ball, seven points, uh, one rebound, two assists, two steals, only seven shots for him. Only 16 minutes for LaMelo in this game. What do you think caused that, Stephen? Um, you know, he had five turnovers in the game. It just didn't seem like it was his night. Also, you got Graham, who was cooking in the starting unit. Like you said, the lottery ticket of 50% shooting. So it just it didn't seem to be LaMelo's night. Um, there are better days ahead of him. Uh, he, in my opinion, is the best point guard on the team. And at some point this season, he will be unleashed. Um, it just, it, it didn't happen tonight. Mm. Uh, another thing that didn't happen tonight was that the Detroit Pistons did not beat the Houston Rockets, although it was a pretty amazing thing. If you saw the end of the game, uh, Jeremy Grant did a little bit of a handoff, fake handoff back to Blake Griffin, where they were down by one point with 3.1 seconds. And then he, he drove to the basket and got fouled. But the foul was like a, a tenth of a second after the final buzzer. So the Rockets ended up winning 103 to 102. Very exciting game, wasn't that, mate? Did you see the end of that? You know, I didn't I didn't catch the end of that one. 
Um, but that's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely, crazy. absolutely crazy. I saw the, pi- uh, the Pistons. The Pistons stay in every single game, and it seems like they lose every single one uh, in a very close fashion. I don't know about you. I don't know if it's just because I'm so focused in this season, maybe in part from doing the podcast, but it seems like a lot of the teams that have been crappy and boring in the past are a lot better. The Pistons are interesting to watch. The Cavs are interesting to watch. Even the New York Knicks are interesting to watch. Uh, It's just really good stuff. But you know what's even better than good stuff, enjoying the games? That is dominating your fantasy leagues. And to do that, you need something like the Fantasy Pass. It's still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now we're into the regular season. There is zero commitment. Just sign up for one month for 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. But you know what? We know you'll love it. It's always nice to have the option to cancel. Of course, though, Fantasy Pass has everything you'll need to dominate all year long. Updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature where you can chat with people like me, with Steve, and with all of our experts, the pros, the Hoopball Discord server. Fantastic stuff all around the clock because we've got people in the United States, we've got people in Australia, we've got people in Europe. You get one-on-one help for your team. Do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com. Click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. Remember, it's just five bucks. Just try it out for a month. Just have, have one less latte this month and check it out. And if it's not good, I'll buy you a latte next month. There you go. How's that? Uh, how could people refuse after that, Stephen? I'll take you up on that right there. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm booking my ticket. Aren't, aren't they pay, ticket. Aren't they paying you already to be involved? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so let's get to this um, Houston game in detail against the Pistons uh, for the Houston Rockets. Demarcus Cousins had a very bizarre line. If you picked him up uh, on a wire or if you've held him through the season, you'd be very delighted that he had 15 rebounds and seven assists and two blocks. But you would not be delighted about the fact that he had five points because he was two for 16 from the field. In a head-to-head category oh. league, you just lost You just lost field goal percentage for the week, didn't you? Oh, God. Ugh. That's just so, like cringeworthy right there that two for 16 from the field with five turnovers yeah that's unbelievable i haven't seen a line like that he should have stopped shooting the ball once he was two for eight two for ten he kept shooting oh yeah i mean well blake griffin was two for eight speaking of guys coming older guys come back from injury who look a bit cooked but yeah it's not it's not a good sign is it for for demarcus i think you've got to hold him because you probably spent a top 100 pick on him you just hope that he does a bit better. But the main problem is just normally when Christian Wood plays, he's only getting 15 or 16 minutes. So, yeah, I, I, you hold him for a while. But if he goes back to 15 or 16 minutes uh, later on, he, he becomes a drop again. Victor Oladipo also was terrible. God, the, there was a lot of bad shooting in this game for the Rockets. That He was four for 16 from the field. He had 13 points, two rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Eric Gordon had a good game, and he I'm streaming him in a couple of leagues. He played 36 minutes, which you like to see. He seems to be one of the main beneficiaries of the Harden trade. 20 points, uh, three assists, uh, and he also had... I uh, just only hit one three-pointer, which is a bit weird. But he was seven for nine from the foul line, one of six, and six of 15. Hey, the problem with him, isn't it, is his field goal percentage can be a bit off. Yeah, uh, Eric Gordon, I have, a, I'm streaming him, or actually, it was more of an ad in my league because I'm projecting that he can have low end standard league value, maybe top one ten, top one twenty five is what I'm hoping for. 
The field goal percentage isn't great, but then again, it's not a two for 16 sort of a thing. Uh, if he shot the ball, let's say he hit a couple more threes where he was one for six tonight, then it would actually be a pretty decent line. Uh, you'd like to see, you know, a couple more rebounds, um, but he's mainly there as a three-point specialist who can fill up uh, the scoring categories. So uh, you got to keep running with uh, EG going forward. Uh, as you were mentioning DeMarcus Cousins, in my opinion, I think Cousins, you hold on to him while Christian Wood is out. But as soon as Christian Wood comes back, I, in my opinion, DeMarcus is a drop. Yeah, I, I'm not holding on to him in a 12-team league. Maybe 14-team, um, you could hold on. Uh, but in a 12-team league, he's uh, basically, in my opinion, he's a handcuff. And that doesn't work in fantasy basketball like it does in fantasy football. Uh, the guy I really liked on Houston, Jay Sean Tate. The three by three, that was that's a great line from a guy who was actually in your country last year, right? Jay yeah, Sean Tate yeah. has come onto the scene so strong this year. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about other guys. It'd be a pretty amazing line for him. 13 points, three rebounds, one assist, three steals, three blocks. Shout out to the NBL, the Australian <laughs> Basketball League. He played 32 minutes. So with him, there's also, of course, um, Sterling Brown. He popped off for 24 points in a game last week. Sterling Brown had a nice line too. 14 points, uh, had eight rebounds. He had two assists. Uh, he had four three-pointers. There's a bit of sneaky value for that team, isn't there? Although, of course, Christian Wood being out may have bumped up a couple of those lines. Yeah, no, Christian Wood being out definitely plays a factor. And, also, and John, John, Wall, John Wall, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wall's also out. I, I mean, they they had a, their main guys didn't seem to struggle tonight, uh, but their peripheral guys did really well. Uh, mm. Tate, Brown, also David Nwaba has been pretty decent recently. I don't think that any of these guys, oh, PJ Tucker also got in on the action, but I don't think any of these guys are standard league ads um, when the roster is fully healthy. But Jay Sean Tate is a guy that I'm watching for sure. I have him on my watch lists. If he ends up getting a starting role for the Rockets as they maybe turn the page and don't look to win as many games, he can do a lot of things on the basketball court. I, I don't know. You probably saw him some in the NBL last year. What are your thoughts on on Jay Sean? Yeah, I mean, he was. I went to see a Kings game actually, uh, where because mainly because Lamelo Ball was in town with the Wollongong Wolves, and he actually upstaged Lamelo in the game. So he's definitely good driving to the basket as well, and he's got a nice looking jump shot on him. So good luck to the fella, and shout out to the Sydney. Kings. Although I don't originally come from Sydney, by the way, so some of my um, sporting loyalties are a bit mixed. I'm a big Perth Wildcat fan from way back. Uh, and of, of course, James Ennis, who plays for Orlando, played for the Wildcats for a while and uh, was, a, was a top top player for them. Uh, speaking of top players, Jeremy Grant, my goodness, I get a very, very excited. I lift up the table with no hands, as I like to say about Jeremy Grant, because I've got him in five of my 17 leagues or something. He had 21 points. He had eight rebounds, three assists. He had two blocks. He's getting those defensive cats as well. He was a bit of a putrid four for 15 from the field, but Jeremy Grant has been one of the stories of the fantasy uh, season and even the NBA season, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. Jeremy Grant, he decided to go and... Uh, get his own usage, get his own team, and he is showing why he deserves that this season. I mean, they're not going to win a lot of games, but they've been extremely competitive, and uh, he, the future looks very bright. 
Yeah, and I, I need to. I owe him an apology, and I think a lot of people owe him an apology as well because uh, the preseason, some of his shooting was a bit off, and people thought he just wasn't going to be very good. But he passes the eye test too. When it's not losing basketball that he's playing, when you watch him play when he's on the court. Uh, and you know, I need to dig a bit deeper into some of the statistics, but uh, they actually look competent when he's off the court. There's there's a big difference in the eye test. So shout out to Jeremy Grant, you are a legend in my eyes. Delon Wright had 18.6 rebounds. He had two assists. He had three steals. Now Delon, interesting one. He's one of these guys. What do you do with him? You have him, and then he's crap for a few games. You drop him, and then he's on the waiver wire. You grab him again. Is he just off and on teams all season, or is he a guy that you hold? I dropped him, and I picked up Cole Anthony instead. Of those two, who would you prefer rest of season? Uh, I'd lean Cole Anthony just because he's got the starting point guard job over DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright's inconsistent. I mean, if you really need steals, I think he's going to provide – you maybe roughly two per game this season, but the scoring's not going to be eight for fourteen every night. Um, he he's going to continue to go through ups and downs, which Cole Anthony will too. But Cole Anthony's job seems to be a bit more secure uh, than Delon's out in Detroit. So I go Cole. Wayne Allington, the aforementioned Wayne Allington, one of the guys we talked about being a uh, breakout guy and a pickup. He was at 18 points, three rebounds. He had one steal, six for 10 from deep, 23 points. Did you say it was in the last three games or the last four games? Uh, last four games, I believe. Now, do you have him yeah. anywhere? Have you picked him up? I haven't actually picked him up yet. <laughs> I probably should when I talk about picking a guy up. I just think he's a, if you need three point streamers, Wayne Ellington, you know, he's seeing 33 minutes. He has completely beat out Josh Jackson for that uh, starting starting guard spot. So uh, he's also beat out Svi Mikhailuk, who I was thinking was going to be their sharpshooter this season. So as long as he's in that sharpshooting role, um, I could see him hitting about three to maybe four threes a game uh, for at least this stretch. I mean, he's what? That's five threes per game, which is unsustainable, but... Three-point specialist in standard leagues right now, Wayne Ellington, is on the top of the list. And Josh Jackson actually played 30 minutes today. He had 12 points, had three rebounds, he had two assists and one steal. Um, But he's a guy that you're not really holding in a 12-team league. Mason Plumley had six points only, but he had nine rebounds. He had four assists, he had one block, only three shots for Mason. He still remains a hold, though, because of the rebounds and some of the defensive category stats that he's getting. But he has dropped off a bit from earlier in the season. Isaiah Stewart, uh, one of the rookie guys, he had seven points. He had 10 rebounds. He had two blocks. He's a guy only with deep league value, probably. Blake Griffin, just seven points, 10 rebounds, three assists. I dropped him in the league that I had him in. I've kept him in one points league. But is Blake Griffin a whole season hold? No, not in my opinion. I wasn't targeting him this year in drafts, and he doesn't look like he has it anymore. Maybe it's the situation in Detroit. Maybe he doesn't want to lose games. But, I mean, this is Jeremy Grant's team. Uh, it's sad to see what has happened with Blake, who used to be such an athletic high flyer. Now he can't really get up like he used to. I think he's a clear drop. Uh, he could at times have some nice lines, but I, I don't think it's uh, – sustainable 
Now, speaking of huge uh, events and why one of the reasons why I'm sounding so excited tonight was just how many exciting endings and big lines and stuff. And here's another one for you. Malcolm Brago Brogdon uh, shot up and hit the winner, game-winning winning buzzer beater against the Orlando Magic. They ran out winners. The Pacers did 120 to 118. Brogdon has been one of the stories of the uh, fantasy season. So let's start with the Pacers and start with him. He had 23 points. He had three rebounds. He had six assists. He was eight for 18 from the field. He had two threes, and he was a perfect five for five from the foul line. This guy is a multiple-category monster when he has the opportunity. 37 minutes tonight after the trades and the injuries and stuff with them. He's just – is it? I think he probably ends up in the – Unless he gets injured, he probably ends up in the the top two rounds, doesn't he? He has a chance to end up in the top two rounds. But one thing that I would note is that last year, he started off very strong. And he kind of faded as the season went along. Uh, It doesn't mean that it's going to happen this year. He looks excellent right now. Uh, I don't know if I would bank on top two uh, round value. Maybe it's a time to sell high on Brogdon because of that, in my opinion, by my mm. calculation. I'd say safely he could end up with a fourth round value with, you know, second round upside. Uh, but I, I need to see it once before I believe it. And I think uh, based on last season, how he uh, trended uh, off, he got a little bit cold as the season mm. went along. Uh, I would tread with a little bit of caution there, but you got to love what you're seeing so far. I think last season what happened is Victor Oladipo came back because I had Brogo in a points league last season and he was he was at this level for the until Oladipo came back and then he got injured as well. So the thing with him, and probably thank you for triggering my thoughts on this, the reason for selling high on him is just with his, as we say in Australia, with his, uh, his, his thighs and hips and ass problems that he's had. I think he strained an ass muscle. He strained a thigh muscle. He had a hip injury. You probably don't bank on him going through the whole season without injury, do you? Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, I definitely do think it's a sell-high moment, but you got to love what you're seeing from him. Um, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of love, I love Miles Turner back from injury himself. And I I put him into a few lineups this morning here, Saturday morning in Australia, running around like a frog in a sock, trying to get my lineup set up with all these guys returning from injury all of a sudden, including Michael Porter Jr. as well. Got him in a few spots. But uh, Miles Turner had 22 points. He had nine rebounds. He had one assist. He had three big blocks. It's always a block party with Miles and a beautiful nine for 14 from the field at 64%. Three three-pointers as well. Miles Turner, you got some love for him? Oh, absolutely. Miles Turner is, he could end up as a second round value just because of the the defensive stats he's producing, which are probably not sustainable, but he's going to be a top of the entire league in that category. Um, I love myself some Miles Turner. I'm shocked that he came back as quickly as he did uh, with a fracture in his hand, something somewhat similar to what Yusuf Nurkic has, and Nurkic is out for six to eight weeks or something. So uh, very interesting uh, that Turner came back so quickly. Hopefully, I mean, he didn't look like uh, the injury slowed him down at all tonight. I got him in one spot and I'm ecstatic about it. Yeah, and if you look at sort of value that players provide per um, category, he's up to a a Z score um, on Basketball Monster of uh, 
almost six for blocks. It's just absolutely massive. And he's the ninth-ranked player in fantasy basketball. It's just beautiful to see. You love to see those blocks. It's exciting to watch live as well because it's like, you know it's a category where you don't need many to win and you're watching one of your guys like him or Capella or um, Rashawn Holmes just grabbing blocks and you're like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. You love Dougie McDermott as well if you've been streaming him. He had 13 points. He had six rebounds. He's a sneaky contributor in the rebounds as well, Dougie. He had four assists as well. He had three three three-pointers. So those three-pointers, not bad points for a streamer and the uh, rebounds that he gets for. He had four assists today too is good. DeMontis Sponis is good. He's playing more minutes than anybody else in the NBA. He had 45 minutes today. He had 18 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists and 5 steals. He is a, a burgeoning fantasy legend. It's only the three uh, throw shooting that lets him down, of course. Uh, also for the Indiana Pacers, they have a guy by the name of Jeremy Lamb. He had 22 points. He had 7 rebounds, 1 assist and 1 steal. 7 for 14 from the field. You talked about him earlier as being a guy that is worth adding, and that is why. For the Orlando Magic, it's Nikola Vucevic who's been dominating this season. I've got him in about five leagues, thanks to Dan Bespris from Fantasy NBA today. He had 24 points. He had 12 rebounds. He had two assists. He had two steals. He had four three-pointers. Uh, 10 for 29 from the field, though. <laughs> that is not fantastic at 34%, but you just cannot complain about him. Let's talk about Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier, horny Fournier, as we call him down under. He had 26 points. He had nine assists. Uh, he had four three-pointers and eight for 14 from the field. Evan is a guy in leagues with no IR. I held on to him in two leagues, and I'm happy that I did. Do we see him having what? Does he have top 60 upside rest of season because of the opportunity there? He definitely could. Um, I The Magic are without a lot of guys right now uh fournier is their best scoring option from outside vucevic is a good three-point shooter eric aaron gordon sometimes hits him but i do not think he's a good three-point shooter uh so fournier top 60 i could see it uh he was six for 12 from the free throw line tonight which really stings but it was uh, his second game back i believe Mm. or uh, so, I mean, he's just getting his legs back under him. I Top 60 is within the realm of possibility. I, I'd put it more at top 75, top 80 myself, but you know, that's just to be a little bit conservative. Now, people who listen to us and play in points leagues, he's definitely an ad. If he's oh, on your I'm- wire in points leagues because he's made for points leagues because he, he doesn't get a lot of defensive cat, uh, stats but he'll get you those points and he'll hit some threes. Most of those points leagues have bonus points for threes, unless you're playing on ESPN. Aaron Gordon had 17 points, nine rebounds and nine assists. He just keeps chugging along. Everybody who comes on the show hates him, but uh, you can't complain about those rebounds and assists, can you? No, I mean, I don't think Aaron Gordon is a good shooter. That's my biggest problem with him. I think he takes too many shots from the outside. I think he needs to go to the rim more. Um, his ability to dish out nine assists is incredible. Um, he did have six turnovers in this one, so it hurts you a little bit in uh, nine cat leagues. And most of what I'm referring to is eight and nine cat leagues as opposed to points leagues. Um, but you got to love what you're seeing from Aaron Gordon. I, I don't think that a line like this is going to happen often, um, especially from the shooting perspective. But he 
can definitely dish the ball out. He can get you nine assists from time to time. Uh, the rebounds are obviously there. Uh, he got two blocks tonight. Uh, he's a solid standard league asset, but he doesn't blow my socks off. Yeah, and he's been, he's been good of late. Let's just see how it holds. Uh, he's inside the top 120 on the season, which shows that he's been good of late because he was terrible until about two weeks ago. Cole Anthony had nine points. He had five rebounds, two assists, one steal, and one block in his 35 minutes. He is worth holding if you can stomach the field goal percentage because he's just getting those minutes, 35 minutes. And I think the assists will pop back up again. Uh, it seems to have dropped off a little bit with the assists. Evan Fournier uh, had nine assists today. Seems to be stealing a few of those. The other guys, Terrence Ross had 12 points, four rebounds, two assists and two steals. Do not drop him. Um, he's been a little bit cold, but he's definitely a 12-team value guy. Uh, the next game of the evening was the Brooklyn Nets losing for the second time in two games to the uh, reformed Cleveland Cavaliers with the sex man, Colin Sexton, Sexton back. They are looking great. They also got Darius Garland back today. Let's start by talking about the Nets. Firstly, of course, they were missing KD today and they just don't have depth, do they? Without KD, James Harden had 19 points, five rebounds, 11 assists. The assists are still there. He only had 14 shots, though. There seems to be a few less shots for him in uh, Brooklyn, which limits his upside maybe a bit. He probably won't finish first, uh, the, fir the first-ranked player in fantasy NBA this season, but he's still going to be first-round value. I don't think there's any doubt about that, is there? No, no. I, I would say that middle of the first round would be my estimate on where Harden finishes the season. And I feel pretty about, good about I mean, that. Definitely. I've got, I've got him in six of my 17 leagues because he, he was falling in drafts. And especially the, I did two dynasty startups where he fell, really fell. And then in other places, he fell um, quite far. And I traded for him in one league as well. I hope I'm not going to regret that. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I, I mean, I don't like the guy that much as, as for his off-court antics, but on the court, he's one of the best players in the league. I think this is his second straight game with the with the Nets with uh, double-digit assists. Yeah, it so is. So perhaps he's uh, working on that part of his game, wants to lead the league in assists or something, which would be interesting. Um, well, I'll tell you, Kyrie, we'll Irving, Kyrie Irving is not uh, holding back any shots. He was 14 of 24 today, 38 points, five assists, and he also had one block. I mentioned on the last show that he's, he's getting the sneaky um, defensive category stats, including blocks. And I think part of the reason is people, are, just like I said on the last show, they're just taking a lot of shots right in his face because they think he can't defend them. He's not a great defender, but it's just the sheer opportunity of people shooting right in his face is leading to blocks. So Kyrie Irving, 38 points, uh, and the, the percentage, his field goal percentage this season has just been beautiful. He is the, where are we here, uh, the third-ranked player on the season on a per-game basis. No, second. Only Jokic is above him at the moment. So... I held back on trading him away. A few people did some buy lows. I just don't think you could sell him, can you? Because you sell him for something much less than what he could give you. You're either, you've just got to gamble on him being available during the fantasy playoffs and he might win it for you. Yeah, you know, going into this season, I had Kyrie Irving ranked in my top eight as far as fantasy players. Uh and I went into drafts and I didn't draft him in the first round because obviously that would have been insane at the time. But I got him in the second round in my first two leagues that I drafted in. 
and then I got nervous. I got cold feet because everybody was talking about how the guy, you know, has a lot of issues in his game. Is he going to play a lot? And I know he just had a prolonged absence. But this season, unless an injury were to occur, I don't see Kyrie Irving sitting out for prolonged stretches. Sure, he might have another, you know, Dennis Rodman-esque week off sometime in the season. But Kyrie, if you drafted him in the middle of the second round or if you were able to get him in the third round, you got to be so happy. And there's no way you trade him away because no one's going to give you anything of equal value for him. Yeah, because it's it's the gamble, and unless somebody else wants to take the gamble off your hands, you, you just like the things I knocked back for him. I think the best offer at one point I had was was Devin Booker. I thought twice about that, but then I don't see Booker getting anywhere back to near where he is. Um, DeAndre Jordan had nine points. He had four rebounds. He had one assist. He had three blocks. He's definitely a hold in 12 team as a result of all these trades and stuff. Jeff Green, who we talked about before, had 13 points. He had two rebounds, one assist, but he had two steals. He also had a three-pointer for you. Jeff Green is one of the best pickups at the moment. Go and have a look in your waiver wire because of that um, three position eligibility that we mentioned as well for the Cavaliers it's all about Colin Sexton at the moment uh he was a match winner again he had 25 points he had nine assists two rebounds he only hit one of five from deep but he did hit eight for nine from the foul line and he's eight for 19 overall uh Colin Sexton the Cavs look like a different team with impact don't they oh yeah I mean you would think that the Nets had the big three but maybe it's the Cavs with the big three with Sexton at the head of the snake right there uh, they look so good with him back. I mean, Darius Garland came back tonight. The, the Cavs are one of the biggest surprises of the season. They are playing tremendous defense. I am I am watching a lot of Cavs basketball uh, this year, a lot more than I thought I would. And shout out as well to the executives there for what they've done because they've got a lot of stuff. They've got a lot of crap for you know bad picks and bad management stuff. But if you look at their roster now, like Larry Nance, Andre Drummond, Jared Allen, that's a three-headed big man beast. All of those guys had big games today. Larry Nance had 15 points, 10 rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. It's seven for 11 from the field. Andre Drummond had a massive night. He was at a 19, 16, four assists, two steals, one block, eight for 13 from the field. He even hit three for four from the foul line. Go and get another lottery ticket. Make it two when you got when you hit him hitting 75%. And, and Jared Allen had 19 points. He had six rebounds. And uh, he was also seven for nine from the field, which is beautiful field goal percentage. All three of them look like they're going to have value. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Larry Nance, I think, is still leading the league in steals, um, which is incredible. Uh, he is a defensive menace on the court. Uh, he can do pretty much everything. He's a Swiss Army knife. I love myself some Larry Nance. Uh, Jared Allen, you know, you would like to see one of the centers get moved, and Andre Drummond seems like the most likely candidate to get traded. Um, it all depends on what they can get back for him and it probably won't happen until the deadline uh, with him being an expiring deal so you hope to see drummond move because i am nervous about allen and drummond together they're both definitely still standard league values but allen has just such great such high upside if he was the starting center um, with a lesser center behind him. So I'm hoping for a move, but regardless, all three guys are standard league assets in all formats. 
And of course, go and check your wire and make sure Darius Garland is not available. He only had 22 minutes tonight, but he had 11 points. He had three assists, a two for two from the foul line, and he did manage 13 shots. Uh, it was only four of 13 from the field, but once he ramps back up, I mean, if he hits you know, two more of those, that's a 15-3 and three game in his first game back. Um, it's nice to see his usage there. And I have him in a couple of roto leagues and he was amazing. He was inside the top 30 earlier in the season. Those three guys I mentioned earlier, Larry Nance is 35th on the season. Andre Drummond is 60th. He would be much higher if you're punting three throws. And Jarrett Allen is inside the top 60 as well. We'll see how that plays out. But so far, it looks like uh, all of them are going to have value. And we just hope that Larry Nance keeps getting 30 minutes because he is an absolute fantasy basketball monster and he's exciting to watch. Uh, another thing that's exciting is Valentine's Day. You know the, you know what? Two million pen already, men are already using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Valentine's Day is coming up. You need to be ready for where the night might take you. And our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for absolutely anything on that special day. They have something called the Perfect Package 3.0, which is led by their revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Uh, it's waterproof, so there's no mess in your bathroom floor or your sink if you're disgusting and do it in the sink. But anyway, let's be real. We've also smelled bad stuff down there before. That's why we need the Crop Preserver too. They keep our products uh, – these products keep our boys from sweating – and they make us smell nice and stop it sticking as well. Uh, the Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a pair of Manscaped boxes that will keep your junk feeling fresh too. So check it out. Uh, go to uh, Manscaped's website, manscaped.com. Use the code HOOPBALL20. That gives you 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you, and so will anybody who enjoys them. All right. Let's get to the next game on the evening, and it was the Boston. Wait, before before, oh. before we go on, I just want to touch on one other thing from the Cavs game. Yeah, go on. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite younger guys for uh, dynasty leagues, for um, you know very deep leagues. Dylan Windler uh, finally had his first healthy game. He was out all last season. He he had a, a broken. He broke something in his hand in the first game this year, uh, and he's a three-point shooter. Just somebody to monitor. He was two for two tonight with six rebounds, uh, assist, and a steal. He's not as on the standard league radar, not even close. But deeper leagues, Dylan Windler and uh, dynasty leagues, uh, keep him on your radar. Will do, and we love we love a bit of dynasty radar chat. Shout out to all the people who play dynasty and if you've got any questions for steven about dynasty feel free we always we put the post up uh after this the show comes out on twitter uh, you can find the show there you can go and comment and ask questions for us there if you feel like it otherwise you can always uh, go onto the hoopball website as well and get involved on the forums over there and ask questions because you definitely have questions when you play dynasty uh for the boston celtics jalen brown that, that game i mentioned first hold on Shout out to my Celtics fan friends because they went down 122 points to 110. It was Joel Embiid again. They just can't handle him on the inside. For the Celtics, though, uh, speaking of a guy who can't be handled, Jalen Brown had 42 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Speaking of steals of the fantasy season, he was 16 for 28 from the field, five three-pointers as well. It's really only that three-throw percentage that lets him down a bit. He's been absolutely massive, hasn't he, Stephen? Oh, I definitely did not see this one coming. I, I, I don't have him anywhere, and I kick myself every day for it. I mean, the guy has been 
Uh, way better than Jason Tatum on the season. Obviously, Tatum's been out, but even when they were both playing together, Brown's been out playing him this year, and I would have never saw that coming. So if you got Brown, just be you better be smiling right now. Yeah, and he is uh, right on the cusp of the top 20. He's the 20th guy on a per-game basis, right around Jeremy Grant, Drew Holiday, Michael Porter Jr., Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Davis. That's how good he's been in front of Chris Middleton and Haywood in front of um, Christian Wood and uh, Luka Doncic in front of Jimmy Butler uh, on a per-game basis, even Porzingis as well. These are big names that he's jumped in front of. He's an absolute stud at the moment. Uh, speaking of studs, Kemba Walker looks sprightly. He had 19 points. He had three rebounds, five assists, three steals, eight for 16 from the field. Dan Bespris was saying that he looks like it's a younger version of Kemba Walker has come on and just taken over his body because he looked young out there. That is good to see if you stashed him. Uh, also for the Celtics, they have a bit of a big man glut with Daniel Tice, Robbie Williams and Tristan Thompson. Now, Tice had a big game the last game out, but in this game, he called off edges seven points. He had two rebounds and one assist. I'm glad I didn't rush out and add him everywhere because between him and Tristan Thompson, who had a nothing game, and Robin, uh, Robin Williams, Robert Williams the third had just two points and four rebounds. I don't like that share. I also don't like the share with Jeff Teague and Peyton Pritchard, although had an injury. Maybe Jeff Teague has some sneaky appeal again, although he did just have three points, two assists and two steals. So with Kemba back, Jeff Teague is not – you don't rush out and grab him, do you? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, in a deep league, maybe, but we're talking like 18-team uh, formats. I, he just – with Kemba and Marcus Smart – uh, playing the guard and Tatum's going to be back soon. There's just, uh, there's not enough there for him. So mm. I wouldn't go out and pick up Jeff. For the Philadelphia 76ers, JoJo had 38 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, one steal, 11 for 15 from the field. Is he real life MVP material? Absolutely. I think that Joel Embiid is, uh, you know, I was on the, the pod maybe what, six weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, right before the season. And I was talking about how Joel Embiid could have his Shaq season. Uh, and uh, in the last game I was watching, uh, Sixers Celtics, they put up a stat on the board and it was something about it was the first time that a center has put up the line that he put up against the Celtics since Shaq did it, which I felt very good about. Joel, to me, if the season ended today, he would be my MVP. Uh, yeah. I just absolutely love what he's doing. And with the 76ers right at the top of the pack in the East as well, uh, you could not complain about that. Ben Simmons had 15 points. He had 11 assists, two steals. He had one block, and he was 7 for 10 from the field. That field goal percentage boost he gives you is great. Seth Curry was back, and he was doing what he normally does, which is hit three-pointers. He hit three of those. He had 15 points and three three-pointers, six for 10 shooting as well. He is one of the greatest shooting shooters of all time. In fact, I think he's first or second best ever in terms of career, a field goal percentage from deep. Uh, Toby Harris had 23 points. He had eight rebounds and three assists. Uh, he was 10 for 12 from the field. Toby, you love his old man game. Danny Green called off. And with Seth Curry back, Danny Green was not good early in the season. I don't think he's a must-hold with Seth Curry back taking some of those three-point shots, is he? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, now, without Curry, he became their best three-point shooter. Curry guts back in. Danny Green, not enough shots for him. And, uh, yeah, just I would say he could be a um, 
a desperate streamer for three-pointers right now, but uh, not a hold in standard leagues. Yeah. Uh, Shake Milton had only six points, two assists, one steal. It was worth watching to see what happened to him after Seth Curry came back. He's another one. Maybe we watch a little bit more before we drop him, but he's not a must-hold anymore, is he either? No, I wouldn't hold on to, to Shake. Uh, there's not enough out there for these guys with a full roster, so... The next game on the slate was the Toronto Raptors, who've been quite a bit better of late. They started out absolutely garbage, hot garbage, as we say, early in the season. But they did beat the Miami Heat, who are undermanned, of course, 101 points to 81. For the Miami Heat, uh, Kendrick Nunn, probably he's the guy we talk about. 22 points, four rebounds, five assists, three steals. He played 38 minutes. Now, of course, when all of their players are back, which is mostly Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero, who didn't play in this game, can he still have rest of season value? Or do we just stream him while they're out? I you you stream him while they're out. When they come back, if you think that he has potential to continue it, you just hold him for a week, and then if he uh, if he starts to drop off, then you drop him. But mm. for now, you could call him a a pickup. You could call him a stream. Um, you just ride him for as long as it lasts. But I I, I if I was to bet on it. I wouldn't bet that it lasts for the whole season. What about these other guys for the Heat? Let me just ask you, all of their lines, Kelly Olenek had a, a terrible line today. I paid $27 on my fab for him in one of my leagues, thinking he was my last piece. I had a few too many streamers. I think I had three streamers, and I wanted to reduce that. And I thought, Kelly is a rest-of-season guy. Somebody dropped him. He had just two points. He had one rebound, one assist, and two steal. That hurt. Duncan Robinson had 11 points, and he hit three three-pointers. Uh, Goran Dragic had 13 points, five rebounds, four assists. Of those three guys, are they all must roster? Uh, Duncan Robinson, yes. Goran Dragic in eight cat leagues, I would say yes. Um, not that strongly, but a light yes. And then on Olenek, it just seems to be so inconsistent. Mm. So... It's hard for me to say a surefire yes on Olenek, um, but he does put up some really good yeah, lines, the last, perhaps. The last line he had, um, just I think it was the previous game, he had a 28-8 and eight with defensive stats as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I would keep Olenek if I had him on my roster, and I think that he might be the type of guy who actually uh, is benefited by having all of the pieces back. Um, so I, I'm not as strong on Olenek because it just seems to be one really good game followed by one really mediocre or subpar game. Um, and that's been you, his could, you could hold on to Olenek. That has been his history as well too. Like we sort of, Dan has me buying the Kool-Aid, so to speak, if I can mix my metaphors, um, on him, but we'll see how it goes. I'm definitely holding him, especially because I spent 27 bucks to get him. So <laughs> I'll look pretty dumb if I drop him. So look, even if he has one or two bad games in every three or four, I think, uh, from the center position, providing what he can, especially in two center leagues at the moment, you probably need to have four on Yahoo because with guys getting PPD'd and stuff. So that's why I paid up on him. For the Toronto Raptors, OG Ananobi, bit of a man crush on OG because uh, he has been awesome this season. He's my favorite MacGyver right now, apart from maybe McCall Bridges. 
he had 21 points. He had four rebounds, one assist, and two steals, five for six from three-point land, and eight for 12 from the field. By the way, for people who are wondering what I mean by MacGyver, I mean a guy who stuffs lots of different categories and is not necessarily a really well-known stud but he can provide top 50, top 60 value over the entire season, hopefully. Do you see OG ending up in that range where he is now? Because right now he's inside the top 50. Yeah, I, I actually do. Uh, I don't think that... Um, I don't think that the, his stats are going to drop off. The guy is, like you said, he's a MacGyver. I have him in uh, all of my redraft leagues but one. Um, because I was very high on him during draft season and every single night. I mean, it's like you just don't even need to look at his stats. You just know he's going to give you production. He's not going to hurt you in pretty much anywhere. Um, so just keep riding him for top 50 value. You In your uh, non-pro leagues, you might have even been able to get him after pick 90. It's just yeah. incredible value with OG So uh, and one of the best names in the NBA. Exactly. And I got him in um, Dan's $75 buy-in Roto League, which I I call it my Franken-Roto team now because I've lost Tommy Bryant and I've lost Fultz and I dropped a couple of guys early on. So I've got like five streamers in that that team. But the fact that I've got... uh, um, Paul George and OG Adenobi, amongst a couple of others, has kept me afloat. So OG, keep on rocking. I think I got him at like... I got him at pick 80 and that's a $75 buy-in league. So... That was uh, all my birthdays coming at once. Pascal Siakam had 15 points and 14 rebounds, plus five assists and one steal. Uh, He hasn't been fantastic, but you love to see that. Shout out to Aaron Baines, who had 23 minutes. He had four points, six rebounds. Chris Boucher. Now, Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher. I've got a voucher for Chris Boucher. This is two games in a row, under 22 minutes. This was 19. Five points, five rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, one block. Also, Baines played 23 minutes and Toronto won by uh, a big margin. Is there worry for Chris Boucher if you didn't sell high on him? I mean, maybe in retrospect, you could have sold high on him. But as far as holding on to the guy, I think he's going to be just fine. The Raptors, uh, Nick Nurse seems to mess with his rotation on like almost a game-to-game basis. But I saw Boucher against... Uh, against the my Warriors, and he was having... It was a block party. So, Bruchet is going to have his moment in the sun. I wouldn't worry. Is there a more frustrating player in fantasy basketball than Norman Powell? Because <laughs> I, I had him in a bunch of leagues because I, I love Norman Powell. I love what he did last season. I love his big muscles when he does those pumps after he hits three-pointers and stuff. It's great to watch. He just looks like a nice man as well. I'd love him to be a godfather, one of my kids. But I tell you what, he's been absolutely disgusting and I mean disgusting in a bad way, not in a baseball way where they say disgusting and mean good, which is weird, by the way. He has been bad. I dropped him everywhere. Then I picked him up in a couple of places, and then I dropped him again, and then he has 23 points, uh, including uh, 10 for 18 from the field, although he was 3 for 10 from deep. He's been frustrating, hasn't he? Right, yeah. You think Kelly Olenek has been a little frustrating? Uh, he doesn't hold a candle to what Norman Powell has been this season. He'll probably come out in the next game and go one for six from the field and in 17 minutes off the bench. I mean, it's just so hard to predict with Powell. I guess maybe you could look at him if he's on the wire, but you just you can't. You got to see a little bit of consistency before you can trust it. This is an absolute 
mammoth behemoth of a show as well. We're in about 50 minutes, and we've still got five games to go. We'll go into turbo mode now as we power through these. Atlanta Hawks up against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it was 116. The Hawks running out to 98. Fantastic to see Trey Young. 43 points, four rebounds, five assists, 14 for 22 from the field, seven for seven from the three throw line where he is excellent and eight for 12 from deep. People have been talking about him bouncing back with some of his three pointers because he's been under 30% on the season and that has happened. Uh, Where else? What else do you say? John Collins had a very quiet game. Kevin Herter had a quiet game, but both of those guys have been good of late. Uh, DeAndre Hunter had 11 points, three rebounds, two assists. He had four steals, which you love. Hunter has been a good surprise this season. But Clint Capella is the guy we should... Oh, sorry. Danilo Gallinari as well. Good to see him back. Just 10 points. He did have eight shots in only 14 minutes. He will probably ramp up and steal a few minutes from some of these young guns. But it was Clint Capella, 13 points, 19 rebounds and 10 assists. I have him in just one league. I was scared off of his injuries. Do you have him? Yeah, I got him in one spot as well. Um, But yeah, the 10 blocks, the triple-double with the blocks tonight, you just love to see it. You just love it. (laughs) There's no complaining about the three for six from the free throw line. The guy got you 10 blocks. There you go. You win your league and you win your week in blocks right there. Do we sell high? It's interesting. He's right next to Larry Nance on the season now. Nance is 35. Capella is 36. They're both probably sell highs though, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I would say that Nance is a bigger sell high just because of all the bodies in Cleveland. Um, I don't know if I would sell either of the guys. Capella, I really do think he could produce top 40, maybe even top 35 value on the season. I'd say it'll probably be closer to 50, but uh, Capella to me is the the safer of the two guys you just mentioned. Uh, The Minnesota Timberwolves are probably the worst team in the NBA. They uh, just, uh, yeah, it's been bad. Uh, Even from a fantasy perspective, it was bad today. D'Angelo Russell only played 20 minutes. He had nine points. He had two rebounds. He had four assists. Uh, He has been good this season, though. Malik Beasley has also been good for where he was drafted outside the top 100. He had 17 points. He had four assists, and he was seven for 11 from the field. Naz Reed, I've streamed him in a couple of places. I'm happy with that because he had 13 points, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, four blocks. Make sure Naz Reed is not available while Cat is out, and I reckon... It might be still another week because he caught COVID. Naz Reed is definitely one of the pickups that you should be looking at at the moment. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt in deeper leagues, maybe even with 12 teams. I picked him up and dropped him, uh, but he had 10 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, one block. He's another one worth streaming while Carl Anthony Towns is out, depending on what the best availability that you have. R- Ricky Rubio is probably a drop, isn't he? He had four points four rebounds, five assists, and three steals. What's interesting for you at at Minnesota at the moment, Stephen? So the most interesting thing for me, uh, being a Warrior fan, is that we were able to trade D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins and a a future first-round pick in 2021 that is only top three protected. So the Minnesota Timberwolves are my second favorite team in the league right now because of their <laughs> poor record, and I love to see it. Yeah, so you just hope that they don't <laughs> they don't win the lottery. <laughs> you want them to, so you you you're hoping for them to be bad, but uh, not too bad. <laughs> uh, but even even if they uh, even if they get the pick, it's unprotected in 2022. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, which I don't see them being that much better next year. Obviously, you hope that they get fourth or fifth. But, you know, with the flat uh, lottery odds, it's very possible that they could end up with the worst record and still fall outside of the top three. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. And they're, and they're talking as well from, the, from your perspective – with Clay coming back next season, that pick could be a good trade asset if it's for um, 2022 because both 2021 and 2022 are supposed to be um, super drafts too. So as a Warriors fan, you should be very happy. And Wiggins has been surprisingly not too bad. Yeah, he plays defense, uh, something that D'Angelo Russell has chosen not to do for it seems like his entire career. Yes, Um, well... Shout out I to actually my- think Wiggins is a better player than D'Angelo Russell, not from a fantasy perspective, uh, but from a reality perspective. Yes, well, we, we, we probably have to see Minnesota in the defense of, uh, you're, you're right, I'm sure, but I'm going to be a bit defensive because my son's name is D'Angelo, but we need to see Minnesota actually playing some games without having injury or COVID or crazy stuff going on. The beginning of last season, they were actually quite good. And then they got hit by Towns' injury before we could actually see them all play together. That's true. That's true. But I think part of the reason why Towns was out for so long last season was because he did not like Jeff Teague. Because the moment Jeff Teague got traded, all of a sudden he came back from injury. Yeah, there you go. Very, very suspicious. There's another another line for you. Now, the Dallas Mavericks uh, are an amazing team to watch every time. It's fun. They won won 1-2-2 to 1-1. 1-7 on the road against the San Antonio Spurs. For the Mavericks, it was Luka Doncic, 36 points. He had nine rebounds, 11 assists. As they say, he flirted with a triple-double. I make it, They make it sound like he was buying cocktails for a triple-double, but uh, he didn't quite seal the deal. But uh, you'll take 36, 9, and 11, that kind of foreplay, any night of the week. For, uh, they're also a guy who plays for the Dallas Mavericks is Kristaps Porzingis. I love this guy because I stashed him in four leagues. <laughs> 21 points, eight rebounds, one assist, one steal, two big blocks, three three-pointers, four for four. Are you laughing like a fat spider like me? Do you have him anywhere? Oh, I did not take him anywhere. I was too nervous about the knee injury. So props to you. I couldn't believe that he came back faster than any of the other guys. That's a that's a great guy to have on your team right now. Yeah, he's 32nd on a per-game basis. I just absolutely love that. I've got him in a roto league, and I've got him in a head-to-head league uh, and, and a Yahoo league as well. I just love it. Uh, also, people who play for the Dallas Mavericks, a couple more names for you. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 21 points. He had two rebounds. He had two for six. He's a gunner and definitely worth holding on to because he gets those those big minutes and shot opportunities. Trey Burke had 13 points and uh, not much else. He had five from 10 from the field, including uh, two, three pointers. For the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge, bit of man crush for this game. He's been bad. I have him in that $75 buy-in Roto League, but he had 26 points. He had nine rebounds. He had two assists, four for seven from the field. He's not probably going to keep this up, is he? Uh, no, you can't expect this on a nightly basis. But, I, you know, it's not that far out of the realm. I mean, he's definitely going to be better than he's been uh, so far this year, uh, as long as he stays with the Spurs. So, Lamarcus Aldridge, I don't have a, a single problem holding on to. I expect more lines like this than the lines that we saw early on. DeMar Rosen had 29 points, six rebounds, six assists, and one steal. Shout out to Dan Prespers' old man squad if you listen to Fantasy NBA today. If you don't, you need to be listening to that podcast because it's great stuff. Uh, DeMar is one of the old man 
sort of not exciting guys that he recommends picking up, and he's just chugged along this season and been good. Keldon Johnson had a massive bounce back after a really bad game, had 17 points, 14 rebounds, three assists. He's one of the most exciting young players in the NBA. It's fantastic. Um, DeJounte Murray, did he get injured? He did, didn't he? He only played one minute. He must have gotten injured at the beginning of that game. Yeah, so um, that is something to look out look out for um, whilst Stephen looks that one up. Oof. Let's talk about Rudy Gay. He Let's... sprained his he sprained his left ankle here. So yeah. I just saw uh, that's that's too bad. Uh, hopefully it's not a serious injury, but definitely something to monitor. He has been amazing, and that explains Patty Mills playing thirty six minutes because he had thirteen points, two rebounds, two assists, and one steal. Shout out to Aussie Patty and all the Indigenous Australians because he's an absolute legend, and he's he's on a few of my teams. He's been great value so far. We just got three games to go. Let's speed through them. Denver Nuggets up against the Phoenix Suns. This was a barn burner. I saw a little bit of this game uh, uh, in the barbershop, actually, on my phone. The Denver Nuggets ran out winners 130 to 126, and it was Jokic and Murray, the show, the two-man show. Jokic had 31 points. He had 10 rebounds, eight assists, three steals. He's the only player in fantasy basketball better on a per-game basis than (laughs) Kyrie Irving at the moment, but that is amazing to see. He just keeps on chugging along. Uh, Gary Harris played massive minutes, 38 minutes. He had 19 points, two rebounds, three assists. If he is on your waiver wire, Go and grab him. It's worth just when he gets on this kind of run. Let's remember he was a top 50 guy in fantasy uh, a couple of seasons ago for two seasons. He's worth holding. Murray had 18 points, nine assists, three steals, and one block. Uh, What's interesting, Will Barton had 17 points, four rebounds, two assists. Uh, Monty Morris. Now, here's one to ask you about. He had 17 points, three rebounds, three assists, and one steal. I have streamed him in a couple of spots. Do you think he has sneaky rest-of-season hold value. He's inside the top 90. I absolutely do. Uh, I don't think he's a sure thing, but um, you know, you, you, you can't really find that many sure things out there on the wire. Um, one really interesting thing, he actually was in the team's closing lineup uh, instead of Paul Millsap. And you know, with Jamal Murray's struggles this season... Uh, he had a good line tonight, but he has struggled a bit. Monty Morris just provides an extra uh, playmaker out there on the court. He doesn't make very many mistakes. He's not going to hurt you anywhere. He definitely gives you a bigger boost in nine cat uh, because of the low turnover numbers from the point guard position. I really like Mo- Morris. I-, I agree. Sneaky, sneaky rest of season value for sure. And, and also the field goal percentage. A lot of these streaming point guard guys that you grab. Um, they do lots of turnovers, as you said, and they also have bad field goal percentage. But his his shot selection is just superb. Six of 10 tonight, and he's above 50% on the season. Go check out your wire for Monty Morris if you're struggling a bit in the point guard area because you'll get you those assists, some points and some threes on good percentages, and as Stephen said, low turnovers. McCall Bridges, speaking of MacGyvers, he's my favorite MacGyver. Sorry, OG. I don't know. It toss, it's a toss-up. I love you both. 24 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block, six for eight from deep. Tell me you've got some McCall Bridges too. The only league that I didn't get OG Ananobi is the league I ended up with McCall Bridges. <laughs> these, are, these are league-winning choices. I mean, Dan says you can't win the league in the first few rounds. You can only lose it. You win it in the mid-rounds and, and the, the mid-late rounds, usually with guys like McCall Bridges because he's just been great. DeAndre Ayton, he's had really bounced back the last week. 27 points, 13 rebounds, one assist and one steal. 11 for 13 from the field, 
and five for five from the line. I'm so happy I didn't trade him away for Chris Boucher. <laughs> that would have been dumb. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Would, would right now, I do expect better lines from Boucher, but Aiton has looked so good. Chris Paul doesn't seem like he's out there to do anything else but uh, get DeAndre Ayton the ball uh, by the rim. So, I mean, he's set up for a great season. DeAndre Jordan-esque season uh, back when he was on the Clippers with Paul. Yeah, and he's got a little bit of range. He was just he only missed zero from one today, but he does have a jump shot too. Five for five from the line. You love the, the three-throw percentage for a big man. Uh, Chris Paul, how was it? he was amazing with his assist. He had 12 by halftime. He, he had 11 points. He had 15 assists. He had one steal. It was just five for 15 from the field, though, which was a bit disappointing. Devin Booker had a big game. He had 31 points. He had five rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block. Uh, he had three for nine from deep. It was really their three throw shooting that let. That, sorry, their three point shooting which let them down a little bit. The, the, the big guys and it was an amazing game by the looks of it. Certainly in the barbershop, I was a bit lit up at the end. Do we think that the Phoenix Suns, apart from the Nuggets and the two LA teams, have they got the best chance of coming out of the West? Um, it's hard for me to say yes to that. I don't think so, actually. Um, I'm not sure who else uh, I could mention above them. I say that they are in a, a similar tier with a lot of teams. One really interesting note from tonight's game is that Devin Booker wasn't in the game in the final uh, minute or two. Uh, they had Cameron Payne in the game, and it didn't seem like it was injury-related. So very strange I'm not sure what's going on, uh, why Devin Booker wasn't in the closing minutes. Maybe it was injury, and we'll we'll learn about that this evening or tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm not sold on the Suns as a playoff team, as a regular season team. I am sold on them. They will be in the playoffs. I just – I, it's hard for me to trust a Chris Paul-led team to make it out of the West. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't got – great history but he does have great history of getting teams to the western conference finals though so i think there's a good chance they go on a run it just it just depends really where they run which whereabouts they run into one of the la teams because you can't really see anybody beating those two they've got to end up in the conference finals when you watch them just blowing teams away i don't think as well the clippers are going to let what happened happen last season again this season uh speaking of the clippers they played against the Oklahoma City Thunder and they flogged them by 14 points. Uh, it wasn't as close as that even as well. Uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, Lugans Dort had 19 points, three rebounds and one assist. He is, let me ask you about Lugans. In a word or two, is he a rest of season hold guy or just a streamer guy? Hold for now. Mm, that's probably Which I a, guess maybe means stream, but long, long, <laughs> that's how I look at it. Long, long stream. He had no steals and no blocks tonight. Like every now and then he gets a lot of them and then he goes a few games with none. Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 30 points, three rebounds, eight assists and two steals. He was 11 for 20 from the field. He's really starting to provide that uh, top, uh, that third round value where he was drafted early in the third round by a lot of people. Last uh, three weeks, especially last two weeks, in fact, he's been very good. George Hill had 12 points, five rebounds, one assist. He's another one a little bit like Monty Morris, who provides good field goal percentage and some sneaky assists and rebounds uh, from the waiver wide. If you need someone, you won't go wrong with him if you want him to provide some of that for you. For the Clippers, it was, of course, Paul George again having a massive game. I've got him in that Roto League. 29 points, seven rebounds, five assists, one steal, three three-pointers, six for six, perfect from the foul line. 
great stuff. Kawhi Leonard just keeps on keeping on, and he's playing a lot of games too. 31 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 10 for 21 from the field. Do you have any Kawhi? I don't. I, I really wish I did. I don't. Yeah, and he's he's been amazing too. Uh, so the next game, the last – oh, sorry. We need to talk about the – no, we can talk about the last game. Jeez, 70 minutes in, and I've almost lost my mind. It was the New York Knickerbockers up against the Sacramento Kings, and the Knickerbockers got beaten. 103 points to 94. The Knicks have been on a good run, but they're, of course, on a back-to-back after playing the Warriors last night. For the Knicks, uh, Julius Randle had 26 points, 15 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 for 17 from the field. Uh, he didn't hit any of his three-pointers, but he was 10 for 11 from the foul line. I have him in a roto league. I'm 15 points in front of second in that league. In a big part, 15 points in front of second. In big part, thanks to him, I can't bring myself to sell him. Yeah, I mean, I, I it just seems like it keeps going. I, why not ride it out? He Perhaps Tom Thibodeau is the answer that New York Knicks fans everywhere have been hoping for for a long time. Uh, the guys seem to love playing for Tibbs, including Randall. Yeah, and he's inside the top 50. Uh, one of the reasons he's not further up is he doesn't really provide uh, any blocks or steals, so there's no defensive stats there. But if you get those from other places, if you're punting those, he's, he's in the top 20. And in points leagues, he's number three. <laughs> wow. So I have a points league where I drafted, where I got him and a couple of other steals, and I'm absolutely crushing. I'm like, I'm 800 points more than second after this <laughs> week. <laughs> I'm, well, actually, I'm not on top because I lost one. I lost in one week. I should be honest and say, but my overall points are just so far in front of everyone else. And part of it is because I've got Julius Randle and I've also got Vooch, who are both uh, having incredible seasons. Mitchell Robinson is also incredible. The minutes are great to see. He was 28 minutes tonight and he had 12 rebounds, sorry, 12 points, 10 rebounds and one block. Reggie Bullock was a guy that people talked about streaming. He had just 21 minutes and he had no points. Uh, Probably don't drop him just if you're streaming him for threes, but he's not a must hold. Quickly only had 16 minutes. He is probably a drop. Alfred Payton is a drop if you didn't drop him already. RJ Barrett had a good game, 21.7 rebounds and three assists, and he's been sneaky good uh, so far this season. For the Kings, lucky last, De'Aaron Fox had 22.7 assists and one steal. Uh, Corey Joseph, eight points, two rebounds and two assists in his 14 minutes. Rashawn Holmes, 10 points, 14 rebounds and six big blocks. Let's stop with something exciting like Rashawn Holmes. Uh He's another one. Do you have any of him? And do you see him finishing as high as he is? He's inside the top 50, I think, right now, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's inside the top 40 even. Yeah, he's 30th. My God, Rashawn, sorry. Is he a sell high? You know, it's kind of disappointing to see him only have six blocks tonight. I mean, Clint was able to get out there and get 10. <laughs> I mean, what's going on with that? Yeah, good stuff. Now, is Tyrese <laughs> uh, no- <laughs> last last one? Is Tyrese Halliburton the best rookie in the NBA, or is it Lamelo Ball? Halliburton is the most ready rookie in the NBA. Ball is the best rookie for the uh, future in the NBA. Well, there you go. Look out of that. So Tyrese Halliburton uh, is, if you're lucky, if you've got him, he's somebody you could even consider trading for after a couple of quiet games, Stephen. I've kept you up late on a Friday night. I hope you didn't have better things to do. Thank you so much for that. That was an absolute marathon. And we'll look forward to seeing you and talking to you again in two weeks' time. 
Absolutely. Uh, great to be here. Uh, enjoy the NBA season. And uh, yeah, see you guys in two weeks. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.